0: Okay, so hypothetical, you have offended the Emperor with your satirical poetry. Um, yep. Some of the verses, some of the metaphors head a little too close to home. Oh, touch on some gossip and the Empire or the Emperor exiles you to an island in the middle of the Mediterranean with ten slaves and a, a contingent of guards to make sure you don't escape. Do you try to escape the island? Do you think you can? No, not at all. No? No
1: way. You're on an island. I'm not Tom Hanks here. I'm not weaving together uh, some bamboons.
0: But no, I, they don't maroon you. I think you have a little cottage and... Um... Do I get books there? Yeah, let's say you can have some books. I think I just stay on this island. Is that...
1: What are the? Sounds like a lot of people to make sure I'm stuck on this island.
0: Yeah, there's a. What exactly
1: did I say? I said, "Ooh, the king's hair doth look fake."
0: You maybe make fun of certain proclivities you have. Maybe the emperor is having an affair, and you kind of allude to it. You know, because people in positions of power like that are kind of touchy here's
1: what I think. I think the emperor wouldn't fully understand why I made fun of him. He like wouldn't get my, my wit, my humor. It'd be too highbrow. You know that feeling when you're you're being made fun of and you don't know exactly why or like, you're like,
0: um, I'm I'm dumb. But you could tell this dude, yeah, that's exactly what happened with you. You knew the emperor wouldn't get it, but a a, a political rival of yours, a rival poet, like kind of whispered in the emperor's ear, you know, he's He's making fun of you and Bielula. <laughs> Are
1: you very right separate... now? from uh, Game of Thrones.
0: Mm-hmm. No,
1: yeah. but it's okay. along
0: those lines.
1: No, I Maybe. think I, I would just I would just go to the island. It's much more uh, artistic yeah, yeah. if I just go to the island and just you know have your books, yeah, have my way? books. I would try to smuggle
0: my works out of the island. Okay, that. About that. Yeah, How about yeah. that? Okay. okay. That's how you I mean, would handle your exile, yeah. Assuming you had reading material, you just kind of take it and dig with it.
1: Let me it. let me flip the question on you. Not exactly though. You're a guard for the emperor. The emperor tells you, "Hey, this poet's been writing some some uh, some mean things about me. I want you to go capture him. What would you do?" Capture the poet.
0: Yep, okay. Super easy. Super easy. Like, normally you gotta fight other soldiers or, like, Germans who are, like, six foot five and huge. Go capture, there's a little poet. Oh, yeah, I get the poet. Like, easy. <laughs> Give me a hard one, Emperor. Give me a hard one. Yeah, I'll do that now if i were a guard on the island and the poet was kind of slipping me some money to smuggle stuff out i don't think i have a problem with that either that's how just, that's how it. stuff works you know like you got a little extra money a little for time your yeah. to attend uh, the gymnasium you're bored yeah all right I,
1: well i know yeah. I. this is a very uh, timely intro because uh today we're talking about i claudius by robert graves a book where such
0: things would happen. Everybody Uh, in that book is getting exiled to islands. And they usually do okay. I think Ovid, the famous poet, got exiled by Augustus and like died on the island. And Ovid was like constantly writing to try and get... They don't really
1: know why Ovid was exiled, do they?
0: They think... Well, there's a theory that he kind of poked fun at Augustus, like... Satirically, and Augustus kind of wanted to have it. And Ovid spent the rest of his time kind of trying to, to get back in. But some of the other characters, you know, they're like pawns or pawns in the game of power, or rivals to the throne, and so they get exiled to islands. And I kept thinking, like, man, I would, I think I would try to bolt. I'd try to get out of there. What if they ran like, you know, out of islands? nah there's always islands and then well eventually they get killed like i don't think in the book i think they either die there or like uh, a new emperor comes to the throne and then they'll like clean house and kill everybody so i would make it my mission to kind of like i think i'm gonna bribe some guards get a little raft together send a note to some of my loyal dudes and try to get like get me off the island and back then there was places to run away to you know like try like go kind of east to uh the parthian empire or Parthian persia you know and maybe just like exile myself to a different place well i think i could do it every time someone was exiled in this book i was like i'd escape i'd escape <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well welcome to their, bu-
1: their uh, podcast there will be books a podcast about books and escaping from islands I'm Peter, joined as always by Matt. Matt, we are discussing our January book on the last day of February, because that's how we roll. Uh, We read I, Claudius by Robert Graves, a classic in the genre of historical fiction written in 1934. uh, Robert Graves said he wrote it for money, uh, which is interesting. (laughs) to think about um he wrote claudius the god a year after which was also very successful so both these books were um uh huge successes uh i claudius i think is ranked you know one of the top books of the 20th century Mm -hmm. um by modern library so it's a it's a very well-known book um what were your expectations going in or did you have any
0: Um, i wanted to read it for a while it's kind mm -hmm. of right up my alley and having read it now it's one of those like oh man i i can't believe i haven't read this before like i would have loved it at any other point in my life you know my 20s or whenever it is very enjoyable see I, I
1: i'd known about it for a while i've had a copy for a while i was a little nervous about it because i didn't know so much about like roman um, the roman empire roman history the, all the names i you know I couldn't tell you who was who I, I know the name sort of, but I don't know. There's like their backstory or what they're famous for. So I was a little hesitant um, going into it, but I really enjoyed this
0: yeah. novel. Um, so, do you find, cause I'd mentioned before trying to like coax you into reading some historical fiction, yeah. that this is like a good way to introduce yourself into a subject. You don't need to read the serious history first reading historical fiction could kind of yeah you to it. do you do no
1: i know. i yeah i i'll admit i kind of got lost in some of the how people are related in this book yeah me too it's a little <laughs>
0: confusing to be everybody's name the same thing yeah and
1: um how people are related kind of can you know you and i can be friends and then the next day like i'm your uncle it seems like like Mm -hmm. yeah it's like like who your dad is and who your uncle it just like kind of mm uh
0: but once i
1: kind of like let that just like i kind of knew who people were um but if i got confused i didn't like let it bog me down on the story Mm -hmm. so much so i just kind of went through i think if i read it a second time i i the the relationships would stick better but um if you're if you're gonna read this for the first time and you're not familiar with this time period it is kind of confusing with the relations between people but there are some very central characters that
0: are very d- distinct and and you'll yeah. and you'll piece it together yeah yeah and i think it is a good introduction because yeah. now if you read like um like a, a nonfiction like a serious history of the era you kind of have the characters in mind and so you'll see Caligula or Claudius or Livia or whoever pop up and be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you'll have, you'll be more oriented than you oh, would definitely, yeah. going into the history fresh, you know. So this book
1: is is clever in it's, its kind of construction. It's basically, mm-hmm. even though it's called I, Claudius, it's really a story about um, the first three emperors of Rome. Is that yeah. Augustus, yeah. Tiberius. Uh, caligula and then at the very end claudius
0: comes to power and it's narrated and from the perspective of claudius
1: claudius is someone who um is a very interesting character is not seen as someone who will ever hold power or um any sort of worth i guess in in the family Mm -hmm. he has some nervous tics he has some like physical ailments he's just i mean His grandmother Livia, who's one of my favorite
0: characters, is it Mm -hmm. his grandmother, right? It's his grandmother, and she is Augustus's wife, the Emperor Augustus. Yes, it's his second wife. Second
1: wife, she is like hates to be around him in the beginning. Everybody hates
0: him, you feel bad for him.
1: Yes, um, just so he's our storyteller and he, um, kind of narrates the story from these kind of three main, um. I want to say ages, but sort of time periods of, you know, here's how. Um, yeah, here's. Um, I will say this. The book kind of started sort of slow for me. And mm-hmm. where it kind of picked up and, and piqued my interest, and where, where I was really, like, invested in it. I was like, oh, this is great. It's once power got transferred to the next emperor. And then, like, what happens with that? So once it became Tiberius's reign and sort of his time – and how things aren't the same when Augustus was in power. Mm-hmm. And then once Caligula, who's a who Robert Graves makes out to be a complete lunatic, like mm-hmm. uh, he thinks yeah. of himself as a god in the flesh. So mm-hmm. during that, the last two thirds of the novel, I say are just like really entertaining and really oh, yeah. uh, descriptive and you're like, how much of this do you think is like sort of accurate? because i think so Robert, okay, so robert's great translate he, he knew this time period he was a kind of a i guess a scholar of this time period yeah but there's not a lot of like histories that are this in depth i guess so it's yeah so,
0: so it's i kind of wanted to get into that it's um First of all, the, the, the construct of having Claudius tell the story is kind of brilliant because you can tell kind of a different story from narratively, right? So uh, he said, Robert Graves was talking about, because uh, he needed money. He lost like 4,000 pounds in, in 1930s money on some land deal gone awry. And so he needed 4,000 right away. And so he was like, okay, he turned around and um, wrote this book of historical fiction. And it wound up making him 8,000 pounds immediately. So it paid off. But the reason he was able to do that was because he was kind of steeped in classical history. He read Latin. He's a poet. um, He considered himself a poet. So this kind of prose was like a step down, at least in his mind right but he said i was watching an interview with him and he said yeah he needed money and so and his classical training and kind of enabled him to be able to do this he was so steeped in it it wasn't like he had to go out and research all this new stuff but he was saying something had always kind of struck him wrong about the claudius narrative because the narrative the the perception that other people in the book have of claudius is kind of his historical perception Okay. you know it's like weird that this guy's an emperor he's kind of dumb and plotting and stuttering and so graves decided to kind of delve into that and that became his story and so i think it's just maybe a plausible rendering of this guy who would kind of lay low because it's it's a the the palace intrigue which is kind of what makes the story fascinating it's like a really dangerous time that people are poisoning each other if you're a rival to the throne you're likely to get stabbed in the back or poisoned to death or exiled to an island. or
1: or like you're forced to commit suicide like your honor is ruined yeah they're either a yeah, lot of people commit suicide in this book yep
0: yeah, yeah not like it's so kind I, of the I've environment
1: profess, but yeah but like a that was how the the society worked if you were
0: and claudius is augustus caesar's he's you know augustus's wife livia is his grandmother uh he's the great nephew of augustus caesar he's like related he he you know he would be a rival to the throne and be long dead if he wasn't well seen as an idiot right there's a passage
1: that i will want to point out it's um because this book is all about power and various people trying to gain power and then also how do you avoid uh being seen as a threat i guess Mm -hmm. is it at this time if you're a threat most likely you're going to be killed or you're going to be forced to kill yourself or you're going to be exiled or poisoned or or whatever and And one
0: in a hundred is actually going to be the be the emperor so yeah and and
1: claudius er, kind of early on in the book has this conversation with i'm not i think it's a tutor it's polio um yeah
0: one of his like mentors.
1: And the guy asks him, do you want to live a, a, live a long, busy life with honor at the end of it? Claudia uh, answers yes. And, go, and then the this uh, kind of tutor goes on and says, then exaggerate your limp, stammer deliberately, shame sickness frequently, let your wits wander, jerk your head and twitch your hands on all public or semi-public occasions. If you could see as much as I can see, you would know that this is was your only hope of safety. In eventual glory, yeah. So he's he's told early on that you cannot be perceived as a threat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah, he sort of has to exaggerate that he's a historian. Um, sort of he has his own sort of vocation or whatever his passion is, is writing histories. Um, but that doesn't seem to be of, of much importance to his. Um,
0: his family i guess uh, yeah they don't care they see it as a harmless hobby yeah they just kind so, of it,
1: he gets married to uh, a, a woman and his it his, kind of a ruthless scene his grandmother you know just belittles him because this this woman is very like tall and, and strong and it's just like an odd match between the two and it's just like okay. Truth yeah, and
0: was, that's why they made the match. Yeah, just just a
1: joke or a humor, and it's just, you're kind of feeling bad for the guy, but you also know, like, as the story goes on, if he, you know, were to be like, I want more, more of a role, or I want more power, or, I want to go off and fight battles, then he would maybe perceive be perceived as you know um, a rival. So, um, Claudius is not a rival to any of the kind of main
0: power figures. Yeah. And his- that's what, so yeah, going back to your question and like how much of this is true. I think it's a, as far as Claudius being like this, it's a plausible narrative and what it enables Graves to do is to give a slightly different vantage point onto the history. Cause a lot of this stuff is in broad strokes, pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. you know as far as all the dates and the events that happens and what what graves does and what really good historical fiction will do is pencil in plausible motives that straight that 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 straightforward serious academic history can't really get into because there's no proof one way or another but he can pencil in motives
1: there's also the the right? fact that this is like 2000 years old and that you know any sort of like you know telling the story story slightly wrong or exaggerating certain aspects of it I don't think anyone's gonna be too offended or or whatever it's just yeah it makes it more entertaining Caligula for example is like there's one scene at the, at the very end where he, he he considers himself a god and he literally goes into the sea to fight Neptune yeah and he's flashing yeah. at water and you're it's just like it's so like an excellent scene but how much of that is true is it just unknowable. Caligula, but it, it, no. it emphasizes, you know, what he's trying to say about the, the character. So a it, lot
0: of that stuff is true. The legend, like the, the legends, like Caligula really, really did appoint his horse to the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. And so, so what he did, he relied on the big historians of that area are, era are Suetonius, yeah. Tacitus, and there's another one. But he, there was some kind of, like, if you read between the lines, there was some kind of gossipy, juicy stuff in Suetonius and Tacitus that they couldn't really come out and outright and say. Um, You know, so he kind of filled in, penciled in, because he can say that. So Graves kind of relied on that. And so a lot of, you know, Livia augustus's wife like poison everybody everybody who's a potential rival to her or her kids taking the throne i thought she was poisoned. Poisoned. i know
1: she's like kind of a villain in a sense but she's also like a a, a female character who's accumulating power and influence yeah. in a time when there was like that wasn't a thing you know? yeah
0: but that that would be that was how a woman was going to wield power in, yeah um, in a warrior culture
1: i thought she was the most um skilled kind of uh, not politician but if you know oh, she's skilled skilled at skilled at the game of, of of uh kind of uh staying alive i guess And
0: oh, she knew <laughs> how to wield power she knew how people worked so I, I think it's only normal
1: to like when you're reading a book like this because there are certain times where it seems like graves is sort of commenting on uh maybe how politics works or or maybe commenting on you know i don't know if 1930s politics was on his mind when he wrote this but when i was reading this now i i I was kind of thinking like which kind of political not modern but like more recent did this sort of strike me as and i I couldn't figure it out because you know the easy answer would be like, oh, you know, some sort of uh, empire regime or whatever. But there's also the, the sense of the Senate. And is it because the Senate, the, the Roman Senate is currently um, it's still there's still senators and whatnot. But it's almost to this point in time where the emperor, whatever the emperor says, the Senate will kind of go along with and the, the senators yeah. don't want to be on the bad side. So. Is there any sort of historical, political thing that you connected or was it just sort of um, you could you could find pieces of it? You know, for instance, like some of the collegial stuff, I you know those stories you hear from like North Korea where like the leader is mm-hmm. you know, considered God or, or something like that. Is there any kind of one that you thought of when you were reading this book?
0: There's not a one-to-one Analogy, yeah. and I don't think that's what Graves uh, meant it as. Mm-hmm. It is what it does, and I think what it does really well is illustrate how power works and mm. what motivates people to who pursue power. And it was true back in Rome, and it's been true up until the current day. Like the systems kind of change. The yeah. Senate, how it worked in Rome, isn't a one-to-one with ours or any other Western, you know, liberal democracy. And neither is the position of empire, but what motivates people to wield power and what they're willing to do, it ha- hasn't changed. Yeah. And, and that's what I think that Graves does really well here. And that is actually kind of the broader point. That's what history is useful for. People's motivations kind of fleshing that out. It's useful what? more for the echoes than, than for kind of one-to-one parallels, yeah. and analogies. Uh, We talked about it when we did the Hobbit. Like Tolkien was pretty particular about that too. Like Sauron wasn't supposed to be Hitler, even though there are parallels there. It was it was more broad than that, and that's the way to read it and to get the most from it.
1: I agree. I don't think there's like a uh, like a you know one to one comparison. Um, I think I I told you this before. Like George R R Martin based.
0: Yeah. The reason why
1: I mentioned like Game of Thrones is, I feel like Game of Thrones was really heavily influenced by this.
0: I would be shocked. (laughs) Wikipedia said he, George Martin, watched the series, which I'm sure he did. I'd be shocked if he hadn't read this.
1: Yeah, it's um, yeah, just how it's it's a story about how like a dysfunctional family, Mm -hmm. this like dynasty, through the ages. Because I mean, and how they keep power and how they sort of they just like steal wealth from people from like the private citizens is a huge thing in the second half of the book.
0: Yeah. That actually reminded me of like the show trials under Stalin. Yeah. Some of the, which this was written
1: right about when they're
0: happening, but not a lot of people in Britain and America knew the extent of it. So it's just kind of, it, it points out, it almost couldn't have been Graves talking about that specifically. It just points out a fact of power hadn't changed that much over 2000
1: yeah i I think that's a key point like power and how powerful people
0: act doesn't really change that much there and they want power to wield power there's always kind of a mythology that arises um whether you're rome britain heat america wherever you know that people are kind of benevolent and they want to look out for us you know the kind of mythology they teach in eighth grade civics but when you strip it down, people who are ambitious and want to go far want, want power for the sake of power. And then how that operates, what happens when you finally wield it? Like, especially Tiberius and, and Caligula it's just insane. It was really fun to read, but you're just like, Oh, like, this is, this is nuts. This is no way to run a society and empire. I was thinking like, it's amazing. Rome lasted till, another couple hundred years because they would just it it was benefit they incentivized informing on people for bogus reasons like if you informed on somebody supposedly for treason but who had just said something mean about the emperor tiberius and they got convicted the informers would get a portion of that person's estate so what happened is all the previously wealthy people would just get made up stories about them Tiberius was so paranoid and insecure in his power that he would, you knew he was gonna convict somebody. And so it's just, hey, here's a, easy targets and they kind of incentivize the system. And by the time this book ends, there's like nobody from the pre-Julius Caesar Republic left. Everybody, they kind of eat each other alive. Oh, its It's, I mean, it's a self-destructive
1: society. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point Tiberius, you know he has a stronghold sort of at the end and uh graves has this great line where he goes um he paid the armies regularly that was all that's you know he had the armies yeah. that you know <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh you know that's such a good way of putting like well how does he hold power if he's so like corrupt and, and it doesn't wow. seem to be able to do anything well he paid the armies then and-
0: that's a, yeah and that's another thing everybody knew it was bogus and knew it wasn't healthy but that's how the game worked and then they just went along with it there were kind of sometimes plots and stuff to assassinate the various emperors but i mean everybody's kind of going along with it playing it as best they can like in any sort of mass hysteria you kind of like point at other people hoping your time doesn't come but they just like ate each other alive and you know one of the ironies i pointed out um augustus is the one who kind of solidified rome into an empire mm-hmm. what, what had before been kind of a republic but the fear of tyranny you know or becoming an empire yeah is why the various senators and people assassinated julius caesar so the irony is kind of augustus became what they were afraid julius caesar was going to be yeah you know and then Augustus did that. He was very astute about how to play things. Like with the Senate, he knew he couldn't just ignore them. Well, so he kind of gave them a ceremonial role and yeah. let them give speeches and sound importance. Well,
1: he didn't, he like, um, didn't want to be deified. Am I is that correct he
0: said he did he yes. he wanted to but he knew it would look bad to insist on being deified okay. that's what i thought no.
1: i was like i thought these guys were all so self involved that they wanted to be gods but then they just kind of said you know don't it's it's, all, it's 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 a very interesting game that's played where they're trying to have as much power as possible without looking like they're like the god of Rome yeah
0: well yeah they wanted to be considered a god and there's a whole other tangent I get we don't we can't get into it now but a little theory I've been kicking around in my head is it's being seen as a god kind of is useful you yeah. need to have that to to govern an empire that big you need a single godhead so the fact that god is emperor came about around this time period with an actual emperor like it it influences our notion of what a deity or what god would be to this day and it's seen as kind of like a timeless tradition like god the idea of god from way back in prehistory but it really comes about from a physical empire on earth the emperor realized to govern this many people i have to to act like this so anyway that's a tangent but um
1: one thing i really liked about this book was um how it highlights i wouldn't say they're the hanger-ons but they're like the side characters that you know maybe they they're in charge of the roman guard or they're they're not in line for anything you know they're not gonna they're not the son of anyone or they're not the the nephew of anyone like uh what's the character so join us so, sej so janice is Tal- how i that.
0: pronounced it i don't know he's
1: sort of a very interesting character he wields power until i mean sort of the people on the on the outside you know very close to maybe tiberius or caligula um and they seem to be wielding more power and wielding more power or whatever having more influence but ultimately they always like have a an untimely end so i that added to the story, it wasn't just, um, you know, the powerful people, the story of the, the people in power. It's also the um, sort of the people that get attracted to the power and, which is something very common in any sort of like political mm-hmm. story. Um, the people who are kind of influencing kind of like the policymakers, almost in a way like modern times, mm-hmm. yeah. they don't well, have the title but they have the, the ear of the person who has the, the power um, yeah
0: the, the the people behind the scenes um yeah Janus so was tiberius's uh the king whisperer like yeah. almost want to say carl rove but like more i was
1: thinking like little finger in game of thrones yeah little, like, yeah sort
0: of yeah,
1: like exactly. that's why when i was reading this i was like game i mean he had to have read this because a lot of these like yeah. broad plot strokes are 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 in this and it's yeah you know, i don't know it's kind of a interesting
0: comparison between the yeah. like an influence not a yeah word. it's an influence but yeah yeah so, yeah no yeah little finger exactly and um yeah yeah so john i really like posthumous that story um, okay who was claudius's his group of friends were they cousins or was it his brother stepbrother it was one of the three one of the few yes. people who was nice to Claudius in his childhood and who was actually kind of saw through the deficiencies and and treated him like a real human. And he was been, he was kind of in line for the throne, but he was kind of framed by Libya because he was a threat to her bloodline taking power. But I, I actually really liked him. Yeah. He, he got exiled to an Island. Um, that whole plot line where there's a plot line in the story where he gets switched out with a slave who's similar looking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That speculation and yeah. probably added to make the story exciting, yeah. but there was a posthumous who was exiled to an Island for the reasons that the posthumous in the story was, um, but I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I
1: mean, there, I mean, there are a lot of like secondary kind of plot lines to kind of get, you know, thrown into the, 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 the forward part of the story like Germanicus and the, like the uprising in Germany I thought it was really interesting I thought almost like I could have had a whole story just based on like these tribes in Germany trying to rebel against the you know the Roman Empire and those battles
0: yeah. I yeah. think that's fascinating you know that was in my notes like for miscellaneous for the end yeah. but I love that stuff I think there is like there's a ton of stories or movies or whatever that could be made from that era. Oh yeah. And what, what I want to see is it from, from the Germans point of view.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. Era? That's what I was thinking the whole time is like, I wanted to get it. I wanted to know more about these. Um, almost like, like, well, what would the term be? Like these people who like help fight the battles, but they're like kind of chiefs almost, or like yeah, words of um, kind of these tribal, Groups that have no, they're they're underdogs and they kind of have to move, always on the move and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just thought that was fascinating that story and, and sort of how
0: um, yeah they're they're it, fighting this big empire and yeah, Ron- this,
1: this huge you know this huge almost like it's almost too big and unwieldy to like fight small you know uh, battles or whatever. Um,
0: but they'll well, they'll crush you and, and that's a thing, you, kind of but if you are
1: moving, you could probably move faster than them.
0: Yeah, and you'd have to fight like a guerrilla war. Yeah. Which makes for like and it was you know, that part of, of Europe was just thickly forested at that time. So there's there's some really cool stories and, and whatnot that can be told from that era. But it kind of gets buried just how brutal Rome was. Just oh, kind yeah. of in our popular culture, you know, and they're always kind of presented as the decent civilized folks, but they especially when they're on the march like in any place they conquered but especially Gaul like Julius Caesar's conquest of Gaul probably killed they say one one to two million people really? and then however many millions more were literally just sold into slavery to go work the salt mines it's just brutal stuff yeah so
1: it doesn't seem like a very good time to be alive I'll be honest with you it just seems like oh
0: but I, you yeah yeah, you'd want to be in the upper class, but even then, as this book kind of shows, you're you're not immune from like power, politics, and poisonings and backstabbing. And just but no, but you could totally make a really, really good TV show where the Germans are the good guys and they're fighting this this evil empire invading their lands. Well, they did make a like a
1: very uh, famous, I think BBC did in the seventies, like a miniseries on this book. But I think yeah. like a modern if you want to do like a big kind of maybe take a different take on it i think you go out to like where these battles are being fought on the fringes of the roman empire and then you kind of transition back into you know rome and and whatnot and the dysfunction and just like the absurdity of it is what i was just like by the end of it i was like entertained but also like uh, it made me think at one point like uh, Tiberius is pronounced dead and they're like, oh Caligula, you know long you know Caligula they put a ring on him and then Tiberius is like, I'm not dead and they're like, oh, thank heavens and they're just like, you know, you know he's alive and then Caligula is just like set goes, aside and then he actually dies and they're like, okay no, kills
0: him because they realize yeah 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 but
1: it it just showcased like the absurdity of this well, all-powerful they... position
0: yeah and it is mostly true like a lot of that stuff wasn't wasn't made up uh like yeah the show trials caligula thinking he's a god and that kind of goes into what power does to people because tiberius wasn't when he was an emperor and the longer he was emperor he was debauched just total slave to his lusts and there was nobody there to say no to him mm-hmm. and so you- of go you get more and more kind of down the dark they embrace the darkness and just the worst desires you have and that's kind of what power does to people for the first part of the story when tiberius is just kind of next in line or an heir to the throne he's kind of a halfway competent general you know just uh, just a, a, a roman but then when he he reaches the top there's nobody there to tell him no he becomes paranoid he has these show trials you know starts eating you know the city of rome from within he goes off to this island with just you know where he can just live in um debauchery which all- kind of vague about what actually goes down but it's yeah just, yeah yeah You know, debauchery well it's
1: almost like as they tr- they're like losing grip of power they start start to almost like eat the society itself they they start uh punishing citizens killing citizens taking wealth from for their own gain. and by the time Caligula comes around he's bankrupting the entire
0: empire and he has he has to go ahead like take the uh show trials and stuff on the road like go to France and have you know yeah yeah. for people and just but so that's the interesting dynamic. So Tiberius was just kind of a, a, a general before he took power, and it became what it became. And he killed any sort of competent, you know, heir to yeah. the throne. And then Caligula comes about, and he had been—he is what happens when a spoiled, ruthless, basically a sociopath. Well, Olivia even said she's like—he is—he
1: is. Uh, he is- He's a nightmare. He's terror. He's gonna be a terrible leader. Just to let you know, uh, Claudius. Because they have this sort of uh, a sort of ironic, interesting scene. She wants to actually meet with Claudius, this this you know person that she's belittled and had no time for it this entire time. And it's a it's a very effective scene. But yeah, he is the spoiled child who is, you know, kind of well. kind of showcasing how if a family has power for this long so much power and uh, then it finally gets to a person who is really shouldn't have any
0: power if it corrupts yeah a halfway competent general that much what's it going to do to a kid who's already spoiled yeah when you give him absolute power and he literally thinks he's a god and, and just does every everything that a sociopath would do like an honor. he he and he did kind of behave like certain mischievous gods in mythology behave just killing people at random being really benevolent at random like sleeping with whoever he wanted killing him later just all incest just all, all oh, this stuff it's just oh, whatever he, he wanted. does a terrible thing you're just like, oh my, like nobody and that's kind of the point there's nobody to stop him yeah. what happens when you give people the type of people who want power tend not to be the most benevolent yeah. moral moral anyway so what happens when those types of people are given free reign, and there's nobody to stop them. Like it's, who would you recommend read this book? Everybody, every okay. anybody interested in uh, <laughs> history or the era, even people who think they're not like, oh, Rome's not my era. You know, people because people have little epochs that they're interested in. You know, even if you're like a Civil War buff or something, you're like, hey, I never got into Rome. Just uh, try it. You'll think- see interesting parallels i'd be interested to see the
1: like you're really into politics or know, you get know. angry with politics like modern politics yeah i would be interested to see someone's take on this book who's like really in, doesn't know a lot about rum and is just reading this book for the first time because mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of different things you can take out of this book some of it's maybe hyperbole or whatever um yeah but i don't know i think if you're interested in history not even yeah like you said not even roman history because i'm not i don't know anything about, i didn't know anything about roman history going into this but um just the the story arc and the characters are uh graves is, does a very good job of entertaining us i guess mm-hmm. I, I would say for the first part i was a little bit like it's kind of dry but stick with it is what I would say. If you're a little bit like, you know, this is just seems like a lot of characters and how are they related and whatnot. I would say, stick with it. The, the back half of the book, you know, for the detriment of the Roman people, like crazy shit starts to happen.
0: It's fun <laughs>
1: it's, to read. It's Yeah, like, it is. Yeah. It's fun to read.
0: It's I like, want to say soap opera, but that like, that kind of takes on a pejorative sense, but just like a, really juicy it's like yeah
1: yeah but no a, a soap opera of you know family it's a family like you're
0: just staying up late reading it like oh my god like what a, like it's is yeah, yeah it's kind of amazing it's a fun read and so yeah just just dig in it, it'd be be interested in other people's reactions. what they find interesting
1: yeah what uh, what do i I'd kind of be interested in what aspect of the novel you wish was its own novel does that make sense like which character oh, yeah. you want devoted to a whole book to or what situation for me personally it would be the sort of battles and wars in germany or in the kind of outer lands or whatever i, I don't know i just thought that was an interesting um portion of the of the book but any uh, um yeah livia i think is a fantastic character in this book mm-hmm. uh does morally corrupt things and bankrupts you know she has no good you know she's not really a good person but interesting
0: neither were but and neither was no,
1: or Augustus and no one or, else was like around her so i don't like i don't know i think to be in that person to be in that position you couldn't really be a good person and to, and to have that kind of power i don't know she
0: was just she, did, was she did what she had to do yeah i mean there's uh, not justifying it she's morally reprehensible but she's a fascinating character
1: we often talk about adaptations. Did you think about that at all when you're reading this? Like how
0: you would... I only know I only know um, a handful of the younger actors because a lot of these people would be kind of young. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to research young actors and actresses. Yeah, I know for sure two people I, I want in it. And there are the two people we always put in stuff. Benedict Cumberbatch. Tom Hardy and Benedict Cumberbatch. But did you look up the cast? I actually got the DVD from the library. I haven't watched it yet. Oh really? DVD series from the library. There's a Patrick Stewart's in it. He's Sinjannis. Okay, he's
1: that's a good character. There's a lot to do with that character. Like I said, Uh,
0: the guy played Gimli. He's in Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Davies, he's in it. So there's. I, that might be i'm gonna watch it i'll see if there's I think hbo
1: further. has the rights to this if i'm not they mistaken. Could, i mean um i know there's that one tv show i never watched it's called rome
0: that's uh, a good show it's not the same it's it's more it, yeah it's it's not quite the same i think the
1: worry would be that um unfortunately game of thrones came before this and that a lot of the beats in this novel seem like game of thrones story arcs in a way
0: minus the dragons
1: minus the dragons but yeah i mean minus (laughs) the fantasy element but sort of if you're looking at game of thrones through like a political uh lens a lot of those things happen in this book um
0: i think they should do it i'd watch
1: yeah i would too i think it's it, it would almost be like you know you want more game of thrones here's like you know a historically somewhat accurate portrayal of crazy politics.
0: That would be how they marketed it. I don't want the producers or, or writers to, to approach it that way.
1: How would you want them to approach it?
0: Just to like the book. Just like we're going to adapt the book. I'm yeah. fine if HBO markets, hey, you like Game of Thrones like this, but I don't want the writers trying to... No, 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 no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just you, you adapt the book. There's plenty there. And I think people would like it. Oh yeah, I think I think mean, mean,
1: I mean, yeah. I'm kind of surprised they haven't adapted this more. To be honest, that's how I was reading it. Like once you get to like Tiberius and Caligula, it's like
0: all oh, sorts of stuff. Oh, it's
1: just like this is so, yeah. like you said, like you know, kind of gossipy and whatever, but just so like interesting and so like yeah. intrigue and, and power.
0: Um, A great serialized story. But yeah, damn, it's perfect.
1: Would um, you want to read uh, Claudius Legard, the God? Oh, yeah. Uh, pre- yeah, pre- I pre- need to find yeah. time.
0: Period. I totally want to. Yeah.
1: Because he reigned for about 13 years. Uh, yeah.
0: And then Nero think... k- killed him and became emperor. Sure. And I guess it's that, the whole, that whole time period. So, yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Makes yeah. me want to read more Robert Graves. He wrote he the
1: uh, World War I memoir that's famous, Goodbye to All That, yep. which I was looking yeah. at, and I, it seems very good.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah Yeah, it was The um, Greek Miss he wrote a book uh, called The White Goddess which is supposed to be pretty interesting about kind of the creative process and having a muse and just very artsy poetic type of uh, how-to manual I guess
1: he also seems like a very interesting character so like a biography of Robert Graves I think would be pretty interesting I have one just like how he lives his life, like he writes this classic book and his inspiration is, yeah. I, I kind of need some
0: money. <laughs> yeah, he needed money. It worked. He he lived in Mallorca, Spain. Yeah. Nice little island. I think it's the Mediterranean. But in this, this book paid for, it got him out of debt and paid for his house that he lived in for the rest of his life in Spain. It's like, man, sounds great. <laughs> sounds great. So yeah,
1: it's uh, I think it's two high recommends from both of us. It's uh, maybe for some people a little bit daunting, you know, I don't know much about Roman Empire or whatever, but don't let that uh stop you from reading this book. There's a lot to enjoy. Um, don't get too bogged down in the like who people are and how they're exactly related to each other. You'll, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you'll you'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Uh, and and. If you don't understand everybody's, you know, who's the brother, half brother, half sister to who, um, I don't think that will, yeah, deter too much from like the enjoyment
0: and the yes, uh, just, yeah, just keep going. It, yeah. it really is good. Don't be daunted. It's it's fun, and I think you'll if you're listening to this podcast this far, like, yeah. you'll, you'll like, it. yeah. Yeah. Um, what real? I don't want to end without saying this. Did you catch the? Um, it comes up twice, one in conversation with Livia and once with Caligula. There's a prophecy um, that's kind of alluded to that isn't, it, it's not spelled out. But if you read between the lines, um, Livia is at the end of her life and kind of, she knows she's done some pretty reprehensible things, but it's mm-hmm. all for the greater good. And she wants to be deified. Because that's her ticket out. She ultimately believes in some sort of underworld or hell. Yeah, yeah. And she want if she's deified, she doesn't have to go because gods are above that sort of punishment. Mm-hmm. Right. And so her, she has an astrologer or a, a, a seer, whatever you call him, yeah. who has prophesized that in the year of Olivia's death, there will be somebody who is a god, and the most powerful god that's ever been it will die in in the year that Livia is going to die. There will, and he she says, there will not be a temple anywhere within the empire that is not dedicated to this person in the future. And Livia is convinced it's her. And then like 50 pages later, Caligula is talking about how silly Livia was for thinking it's her because he knows it's him. And this same astrologer had told him the same things like there will this will be the most powerful god in the history of the world every temple in the empire will be devoted to him your followers were his followers will drink his blood i
1: didn't i i know what you're talking about but i didn't make the connection until so it's
0: obviously jesus
1: yeah
0: but you know claudius from his vantage doesn't know it's just kind of a little thing grave slipped in there like okay you know who it is. the <laughs> virtue of hindsight, the attentive reader will. And this is kind of funny. You're like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Like,
1: I will say this. Graves has, sometimes it's a little, not dry, but it's, he does add some like playful elements to the voice of Claudius yeah. as, as in, in parts of it, which make it, um, it kind of just like, you're like, oh, he, you know, he's having fun with this story. It's not um, It's not yeah. dry history or whatever. He does have fun with the voice of Claudius, which I enjoyed. So, any final thoughts, Matt, about uh, I Claudius?
0: Well, I think we hit everything I wanted to hit. Um, there's a point in the story uh, under the show trials under Tiberius. They talk about moneylenders and sort of the worst type of moneylenders that exist in in Rome. They talk about how high the interest is that they charge. You know what the high interest is for moneylenders that they talk about? What? one and a half percent (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh man highlighted that like that be great if that was considered (laughs) oh how times have changed yep
1: (laughs) well um we hope you guys read this book because uh we both enjoyed it um you can get in contact with us a couple ways. Uh, you can send us an email at willbebooks will bebooks at gmail.com. We're always open to hear uh, your thoughts on the books we read and what you're reading. Uh, you can also get in contact with us on Twitter. Uh, you have to be nice to us though. No mean, no, no, no meanness. Yeah. You have to be kind. Uh, also on Instagram, where we post books of, uh, you know, what we buy or what we're reading. Uh, we just uh, kind of did a podcast about, well, we will be reading for february we're going to be reading a couple of short stories um about sherlock holmes and one by ursula k le Guin, which will kind of get us back on track we'll kind of, those won't take too long to read so um be on the lookout uh for that you can also support the podcast in a couple of ways uh ko-fi is a, a kind of a website where you can kind of Leave donations to the podcast, kind of like a tip jar, if you will. And then we're also hopefully going to be starting our Patreon account here in March coming up, where we got some good ideas, uh, different levels of uh, kind of being a Patreon member. We're kind of thinking where if you're a Patreon member, you can kind of have uh, voting rights on what we read and have kind of, uh, uh, kind of that input into our book selection, which is kind of
0: fun. Ability to uh, yeah suggest titles and yep. whatnot so yeah
1: we're thinking something like uh, in March about Irish literature discussing that as they a, do a
0: St Patrick's Day episode
1: maybe
0: yeah something like loosely that loosely
1: themed around <laughs> no forget, I'm not going did, did I forget anything Matt no that should be it, right.
0: it does, yeah I um, ask you
1: every time give me some life advice
0: hey. If you are exiled to an island in the middle of the Mediterranean, even if there's a contingent of guards around you, try to escape. Try to get out of there because if something changes or the emperor dies and a new emperor comes in, he's going to want a clean house and they're going to kill you. You might as well try to build a little raft get out of there. You know, that's my advice. And until next time, thanks for listening.